I remember a, a, a couple of years ago, uh, before um, um, electric purification record dropped the Miami Nights '84 album Turbulence, um, there was some album, some company in Russia. I don't remember what the name of the company was, but they actually pressed Turbulence and they pressed the Kung Fury soundtrack, um, and they were selling them for like it was like a hundred dollars for both. Oh yeah, I, I did, and and it was so difficult not to give into that because you wanted you know Kung Fury already had but it was, it was the turbulence album like that's like you know it's Miami 1984 is a fantastic I don't know the dude but I mean his music is wonderful he's one of the reasons why the music is what it is today to not you know feed this you know company into Russia when the artist wasn't even making any money and thank god that you know um, uh, EPR actually came out and released it because I would have probably ended up buying it. <laughs> I'm so. glad you didn't, and you waited for EPR. I did. Props yeah. to EPR. Because you got an amazing product mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Thank yep. you for you know, your I, that, that, that was a variant that I went with the color. I went with the pink, um, mint green, blue splatter, which matched the cover perfectly. And that's what I chose instead of black. And nope. come to find out, they, they even said, like, well, I think we only pr- pr- um, pressed 100 of the black and 300 of the splatter. So the black is actually the rarer one from a collector's perspective. I don't even remember which one I got. <laughs> I have to go home and look. <laughs> I'm not sure. I hope I got the black one. Of course, that would be the one that I want. We'd be remiss right. if we didn't mention also blood music. Yeah, because like I've gotten some cool. of their black releases that like only thirty came to North America, and I've gotten some of those where it's like, you want black? Well, okay, there's only thirty of them available for you. Yeah, and yeah, that's crazy to think that you know you will have something in your collection that only thirty people in your nation have. Yeah, I mean you've got right. thirty people living around you. Hell, I probably got thirty people in my backyard right now looking at me. Hello. Probably that I can say. Um, <laughs> well, the government look at Ghost Behemoth. I got one of the initial thirty black copies that came to North America for that one, and for Non Paradisi for the box set, I got one of the thirty that were clear for North America. And I've got the non the splatter Non Paradisi that the clear with the splatter on it. I think there's like one of a hundred. Yep, made. I think. I, yep. So there, you've got two people on this. Uh, this podcast and have that so there's 98 out there somewhere <laughs> it's kind of cool yeah i mean it's it's interesting i'm kind of like so what are your feelings on like of uh blood music turning into a legacy label man basically? i mean they, they left us they left a hell of a mark that's for sure i mean as far as you know we were talking about the quality with uh epr man i mean it, blood music and thank you for bringing them up and i didn't have them jotted down here in my notes which you know shame on me you but, had uh, notes it, for this? Oh, fuck yeah. I did. That's yeah, cute. I did. I've got, I uh, I've got a couple things. That, I mean, I, we, we pretty much nailed everything already. Just little things I wanted to, like, you know, remember. Like, oh, yeah, I mentioned this artist and this label and things like that. So, uh, but, yeah, the quality that Blood Music put out was just, you know, fantastic. Um, Jay, right? Jay's the record label owner. Yeah. That I, I've never oh. actually talked to him. Yes. I, I, I want to no give a, idea. I've, I've talked to him, like, Again, this is not like a personal talk, but I've ta- reached out on social media and had a few conversations with him. And really solid dude. I love how like open he is and honest he is. Like, cause he like lets his disillusionment. Like, He's just very angry person too. He, he, I, I can uh, relate there. Well, <laughs> so. yeah, I don't know. Like, 
he seems to be a dude that's got a lot of like interest in uh, yeah because he just did virtual verse with like master boot record oh that's right yeah they did right the video game that's out there i'm not sure i'm not getting i don't want to like deprive anyone of their due. oh fuck you just reminded me steam was having a sale that ended on sunday and i did not get that and i was going to shit yeah i you know i i, I think it's worth paying full price for that game just saying supporting the scene supporting the people involved good angle it's really worth it and i don't mind pl- paying more money for things because because I, I, I know that it really support like Pressing vinyl is expensive as shit. It just is. I don't mind supporting those those record companies that are uh, taking on the burden of of pressing that stuff because it's like it's a hurdle and it's a process. You press something mm-hmm. into vinyl like that's what a three to six month process of just getting to like maybe hopefully it's ready to go. Depending on all of the you know like L A Arson for instance we we're talking about like. They got a pressing back, and it was shit, and they had to go back from from start and redo the whole process. And that's obviously not the case if you just release it on CD or digital only. Like, there it is. It's done. Who cares? There it is. Here, here's your product. Um, so, so, so speaking of that, what, what do you guys think about cassettes? I mean, cassettes seem to be like flooding the the not only, you know, just our little scene, but, I mean, just the market in general. I, I never, ever – thought that this particular style of you think it's shit yeah i'm a cassette boy <laughs> i get them i don't give a shit it's just yeah it's I different yeah i mean I, I hated it when i was younger using cassettes and I, i've got a handful and uh you know i've, I've tried it and the, the the audio quality is just garbage and i don't know if it's my player or you know yes. what i'm doing it is your but, player Man, but you have to spend a lot of money to get something really good. But also, like for me, when I got cassettes, I was like, "Fucking sweet, my old car still has a cassette player in it." Like I am going to blast these cassettes of synthwave artists on this format that is equally as synthwavey and for the time period as vinyl. But I can do it in my automobile as I go to work. (laughs) (laughs) So I enjoyed that very much until my last car that had the cassette player in it is there's been some issues. And then I got a new car. So that's not quite the same deal anymore. But like tapes are cool. I will still buy tapes even though I don't really have a a good outlet for playing them right now. Like buys them just to have them. I will get right. that. Like I told myself, like after my old car kind of like became an issue, I was like, I'm not gonna buy any more tapes. That's gonna be it. And then Gunship dropped their their double, mm-hmm, the instrumentals. Yes, which is the only mm-hmm. way to get it. Oh yeah, I agree. Yep. You can't get the instrumentals for that album in any other way than cassette. And I was like, I'm fucking buying this thing. Of course, I'm getting this special edition. Jesus. So tapes, Sucker. tapes, <laughs> give me tapes. I'll take them. I, I not just, as much as vinyl, but I'm still okay with them. I, yeah, it's definitely a cheaper option when, uh, or, or you know, when you know an artist can't afford or doesn't have the means to press vinyl. You know, cassettes are, are always a staple. I agree. And, and tapes and, are cheap as fuck to make. So yeah, yeah, there is yeah they that. really are. Yep. I, as a as an option for an artist and collectability and getting your stuff out there, I do not disagree with tapes. Me personally, I don't. I have literally no way of of 
interacting with that media. Mini disc, mm-hmm. I have a mini disc player, but the tapes, I just don't give a shit. I just, you know, and it's a, it's smart that they released it on on cassette only. That's just a smart thing to do, bastards. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, ten, if you were to tell me like ten years ago that people were going to start selling cassette cassettes again, I would have told told they were full of shit. There would have been no. <laughs> well, exactly. That would have yes. been something. <laughs> it's amazing. And here we are. Here we are. And it's the cheapest format to actually produce. Well, one of the cheapest. Yeah, I CDs mean, CDs are, are cheaper, but... They're 25 cents. Nobody wants a CD. Nobody fucking yeah. wants a CD but right now. What's a CD? It's what coming. It's coming again. Everything that's new is old, or everything that's old is new again. Yeah, give it a few years, I suppose. And people will fucking love CDs again. But, I mean, I do, you know, the mechanical aspect of cassettes is interesting and that kind of thing. But I always, like, growing up, that's what I have was a cassette player. And it was the shittiest thing possible, mm-hmm. and it just was awful. So my personal like, you're like, an adult now. Money isn't an issue. <laughs> well, good. there you go. <laughs> you know, like I would rather put my money into vinyl stuff. That's Be like, just... why don't you buy a Nakamichi Dragon? It's only like a thousand plus dollars to get one of those, and then tapes will sound good. <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. Problem solved. You fucking right. 80s kid adult with money now? Buy some shit. Buy some shit. I am buying shit. I'm just not buying cassette stuff. I'm buying... You know, I wonder vinyl. what the draw is, like, honestly, to vinyl. Because if you think about it, like, it's always been, like, a thing. Like, you know, at least for, for me in my childhood, you know, growing up, like, I always, like, thought the vinyl was, like, so cool. You know, like, you know, you've got this, like, you know, this music that's pressed on what I thought then was just a big piece of plastic and he put it yeah. on with this needle, you know, and, you know, music comes out, you know, and the science behind it, you know, when I was young was like really, really neat. And uh, it's so strange how everyone is drawn to it. You know, I, I don't know if it's like, did you get like a, you know, if you get a, you know, a 12 and a half by 12 and a half piece of art along with the music that you can use to hang up somewhere to decorate your wall or whatever. Um, but, uh, I wonder what like because because it really is. I mean, who in their right mind would would you ever spend you know two three hundred bucks on a CD? Absolutely uh, not. Well, would you ever drop three hundred bucks on a on a on a rare album? Hell yeah, you would. Hell yeah, <laughs> just drop fifty dollars for the Megatron three album. I mean, it's, right? <laughs> being a person who's like huge into video games and in Japan, there is definitely a market for CD soundtracks. For video games, I have spent dumb amounts of money on <laughs> soundtracks. Not like hundreds of dollars, but like hundred of dollar. <laughs> I, I have done before. So like I can see that aspect, but like vinyl is something totally different. And really like when I think about it, and one of the things about Synthwave that really lends itself to the the vinyl format is if you think about popular music for the past, I don't know, X amount of years, like do you buy someone's album because you want to listen to every track on that album? Probably not. There's like a single on there that you like. Maybe there's two songs that you like, but a synthwave album, no matter where under the synthwave umbrella it falls, a lot of it, you listen to the whole album front to back. Mm-hmm. And you true. don't skip tracks, so that le- like lends itself to the vinyl format like perfectly. Like you listen to a whole side, you flip it. You listen to the whole other side. You listen to the whole album all the way through because you want to listen to the entire album. 
So that's another that's a big, great way to look at it. Yeah. It really is. And it makes complete fucking sense. Yeah. Like <laughs> I can't think of any other, any other music right now where you are going to do that with an entire album. And, and, and here's yeah, the soundtracks. Thing. Maybe I want to, there's a big following of soundtracks. Yeah, absolutely. And our other buddy, yeah. our buddy, Chris is huge into horror movie film scores. Mm-hmm. I, I think here's the thing I want to like correlate to what exactly what you're saying is that in the 70s, the idea of the concept album where you have to listen to it front to back, King Crimson, Genesis, those bands, the uh, Jethro Tull, sorry, it's a thing. Uh, they created albums <laughs> that you you had to listen to front to back all the way through its sold concept. That idea came in the 70s, and the fruition, kind of the through line, is in the 80s. Uh, and you've got the film scores and, and those various things where you get the entire story, the emotional through line via that media. And so you, I think if you grew up in that and not necessarily group, because like, I think like perturbator, he is 14 years younger than us. Like he's significantly, but he grew up, he must've obviously been influenced by, uh, mm-hmm. those films and those things, John Carpenter and et cetera, where that made sense, that through line. And, and so like, um, yeah, the, the, the point being is like, it's front to back. It's a whole experience. Vinyl is an experience. And, and I always hearken back to like Trent Reznor in the early two thousands, lamenting the downfall of vinyl. He did an interview, which I thought it's always stuck with me about like he was bitching about CDs and digital formats. And he's talking about like how great vinyl was because you've got an entire experience with vinyl. You got a bigger format art. You had to listen to it front to back. Mm -hmm. So it had to be engaging. It had to be something that you couldn't just skip from track one to track eight or whatever it is. And and then just get your fill. You had to listen to it all the way through and you, and I don't like people like Chicago and, and you know, all those bands, they, they created these like albums that were meant to be played all the way through and engaged with in that level, as opposed to the single. So like the single generation was the fifties and sixties. So nineties and nineties, it came back. Yeah, it did with the 12 inch releases and the extended releases and things like that. Yeah, all that, that stuff. It, it came back late eighties, early nineties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was this this period of time where like you engage with this piece of music, this concept, all the way through. So you look at like uh, New Order and, and those bands where they were releasing. Yeah, they were releasing some interesting things, but it was a Depeche Mode even like that was the last thing. New Order was the last thing I listened to front to back before I came over here today. Nice, nice. See, well, because you're old as fuck, just like me. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, I, I will never get tired of substance. That you know, compilation album, whatever you would call it, is. I mean, it's probably one of my top ten favorite albums of all time. Compilations, whatever. I mean, just it's oh, fantastic. it's fucking great. Speaking it of is. top tens, I am really curious. What are your top ten of this year? That's really Ooh. fucking putting someone on the spot here. I'm I can't. Fucking... Hey, you know what? I am fully prepared. Let me break out my notes right here. All right, here we go. Let's see. So I don't have ten, but um, my most anticipated releases and that have been released and are you know are pre-ordered, digital or vinyl. 
Um, number one um, is uh, City of Eternal Rain by Dead Life, hands down. I missed Fantastic that album. release, unfortunately. And I was told yeah, was by multiple people, fuck it. And I was told, tell Kyle to get this album. <laughs> and I didn't. I totally missed it. You know, it's, 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 it's really good. And Dead Life, to me, um, with his um, release last year, um, he had a double release, uh, Rebel Nights and Singularity, I believe. I love Rebel Nights because that's when, like, the whole chill wave thing started. And I was like, this is fresh. This is new. Um, and so I picked that up and I passed on Singularity, which I'm totally regretting. Um, so kind of like maybe that's why it's my, you know, number one so far this year um, because I missed out on that. So it kind of feels like I'm filling that void. Um, number two, um, and both you guys are going to hate me, uh, but it's probably Sunset Radio by, by Lucy in Disguise. I, the vinyl should be here in it. like two days, and I'm totally stoked. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I fucked up. We, yeah, you fucked we, up. We, I we fucked up. up. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Oops. Uh, in see, March, uh, was it March? We were supposed, I was supposed to go pick him up from the airport. Yeah. <laughs> to play a show here. So we're, yeah, we we're supposed to pick Steven up, who's Lucy, for a show that never came to be because COVID hit. And, and Lucy's based out of Portland. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's a whole other thing. It's sadness. I'm very sad about it. And then, of course, we're dickheads and miss out on that that album drop. Right. You know, I, I'm sure Time Slave will re- repress it. It sold out within 24 hours, which, you know, these days it seems to happen very often. But with Time Slave, I mean, I, I really do think because there's such a huge um, um, fan group in the States and shipping, of course, we all can bitch about that, you know, oh, across yeah, the pond, back and forth. And if you're not buying you know, you know, two or three, four different albums, you know, it's almost like not worth it because you're going to spend 40 bucks for one album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I'm sure they'll repress it. I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons why they don't sell out all the time, you know, unless, unless you're a heavy hitter, like, you know, Time Cop, which Night Drive, I just read before I hopped on this podcast is getting a third pressing and it's going to drop in a couple of weeks, which I'm totally surprised about. He's due for a new album, speaking of which. <laughs> cough, cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so I, I included these together. Uh, the Robert Parker Wave Shaper EPs that just dropped from um, EPR. Like, I think they were both fantastic. Both the pressings look beautiful. I haven't received it yet because of COVID, but I'm totally excited to uh, to play those. I think that you know they're both quality. I mean, Kyle, you seem like you're a big Wave Shaper fan. I mean, he's he's another top tier artist that can do no wrong in my eyes. It's you know what I agree with you. He can't do any wrong, but I that this is the first Wave Shaper release that I have skipped. No kidding. I I went with the I'm okay with digital for this one. I won't get the vinyl for this one. This is the first one that I have taken that attitude wow. with. Wow. So what did you think about his last album? It was... It was uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, so I noticed there was a difference in his sound and his, what was, whatever, I don't remember the name of it, but I did notice a difference in, in his sound because he had Station Nova, which was wonderful. Exploration, 80, Exploration 84 and the other APs were wonderful. And then the newer album came out last year and I liked it because it was different, but it was... I don't know, and I and I thought the same thing about the uh, the uh, this the last one that he put out, and I, I bought it just because you know it's what I do. So 
So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> bless you, indeed. Uh, yeah, my another great release which I, I mentioned earlier was uh, the Mitch Berger box set, the selections box set, which I I'm pretty sure I was like one of the first five people to buy it back in January, and I literally just received it this week. I'm just I didn't so do it. I haven't played I didn't it yet. Do it. Mitch Murder is a thing for me. It's like I wish I really liked him, but I don't. And I really wanted to get the, the previous album that he released where Junk Boy did the artwork for it. But I was like, if I buy this album, I'm buying it for the album artwork and not for the actual album itself. Yeah, Hardwired, it was it was a different step in his, uh, his uh, I don't know. I, I, I know Michael Weber, you know, is said that the the uh, business wave is him but i think mitch Berger also fits in that same category as business wave but the yeah, hardware yeah, was a little different wave. for him I, it I, was more of like techie and um I, I enjoyed it i really did it was short i wish it was longer but i mean hey it's new mitch Berger, so i could i can i can appreciate um him because he's extremely unique and nobody knows who he is which is kind of cool so which is also weird at the same time too it is, yeah. Um, you know, I can't recommend the Rise of the Sins documentary enough because they actually talk about how, you know, nobody knew what anybody looked like, and it was all this big mystery because they didn't want to put themselves out there. Like a lot of these guys were just making music in their, you know, basements or spare bedrooms or whatever, probably in their pajamas. So they're not gonna, you know, they didn't have PR people and they didn't have cool neon backdrops. They were just. I mean, in my opinion, I don't know this for sure, but I could always picture them like in their pajamas, like up at four in the morning because they can't sleep making this music that, you know, pretty much was the foundation for the reason why we're talking right now. Absolutely. <clears throat> it sounds like yeah. North Innsbruck. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of her bros from around here. Yeah. He, he did some work with Magnavolt, right? He yeah. absolutely did. He's, he's good bros with, with Michael, uh, Magnavolt and, uh, I don't know. They might have something else going on. There's there's things that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about, so I won't talk about them. But it's uh, <laughs> it's big secrets going on right now. I can't <laughs> say anything. I don't know, but yeah, it's yeah. It's Mag- Magnavolt. He's a. It, I don't. I, I guess his name's Michael. I've never called him by that. Uh, but he's actually like. We, we built a friendship, which is very strange because I'm in Houston, you know, and he's in Sweden. Is Sweden, that right? Yeah. He's a Polish dude that lives in Sweden. Yeah. Super nice guy. Um, he's the guy who actually designed my logo. Um, and he just, you know, I remember, and this is before I even had the thought and I was just more of like a fan boy when it came to Synthwave. And I remember him saying that he was doing logos and yep. for some reason that stuck in my head. And so the next you know, year or two, when I decided to do this, um, I reached out to him and he was like, man, I haven't done that in years, but yeah, I'll go ahead and do it for you. And I tried to pay him and he's like, oh man, you know, don't worry about it. Just, he actually you know, designed on supporting the, scene, of the game. So. Man. Yeah. He, he made North Innsbruck's first logo, I believe. Or the one that he uses the most now, so it's like the Tron kind of vibe mm-hmm. that North Innsbruck's doing. So yeah, all those all those boys out there were supposed to come out here too. Yeah, well, th- I guess like Magnavolt is supposed to be coming out here next year if if the world doesn't end. Oh, cool! I mean, it's already yeah, over. To, so yeah. so are you, are you talking about in your area or yeah yeah you know, yeah or... because him so. Magnavolt and North Brooks are, are really good friends. I've, they did an mm-hmm. album together. So, but 
they're actually really good friends. It, North Innsbruck has to be happens to be one of our good bros. So okay. But that'll be interesting. And but, I've drunkenly sent you like Instagram messages like, hey, you should play DJ sets. You did. You did. I remember that. I think I did a live set sometime. I don't remember if it was on Instagram or the SBC club. <laughs> you were like, hey, man, do you want to do a DJ set sometime? I was like, hell yeah, dude. Just tell me when and where. And I even followed up like a couple weeks later, like, hey, were you serious about this? Which is perfect <laughs> because that's like a thing that I have thought about doing, but it's like, I know nothing about that. And you are like a supreme master of it. So, yeah. Makes more, way more sense if you were to do it than I were to. So with it, it, kind of the background story of that particular thing is that we're part of a the Minneapolis synthwave curators, if you will, um, mm-hmm. Nitrowave TC. And Chris is, North Innsbruck is the president of, the, of our local synthwave community, and I'm part of it. And uh, we wanted to designate Kyle as our, our resident DJ. And I don't know shit about mixing dick. So, <laughs> and like I had said, I know I had sent you messages before, like, how the fuck do I even do this? And right. it's, it's beyond me at this point. Like if I don't know right now, I'm not going to know because I'm too old to learn. <laughs> well, I guess it all depends if you want to go down the vinyl or digital route, because I mean, it, you can literally go up there and just like play music, you know, and just kind of like fade in and out if you'd like to. And I do that, you know, sometimes and, I mean, that's cool. Um, sometimes but I really enjoy the mixing. So. I'm a vinyl boy, so it would have to be one yeah. thing. So what would be even better is if we got you to come do it, and then I could like stand next to you and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Please tell me how to there do it. Go. I'll just like, ghost DJ you. You can actually stand on the turntables, and I'll be on a set of turntables like a couple tiers back from you where nobody can see me. You can take the credit. You that would be really <laughs> depressing. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That would be awful. Please don't do that. Please don't do right. that. But yeah, so it, yeah, it's it's crazy the 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 connections and and whatnot, and and that's one of one of the things I love about the the scene is like these people are accessible. You get to know them; they become your friends, uh, mm-hmm. and you know it's like you could invite them, you could send them, you send them birthday cards, they send you birthday cards, they send you, you know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. scene is very inclusive and very friendly. Unlike any other music genre, although it seems like yep, the last, I agree hundred percent. Although the last couple of people we've, we've talked to and and people that we know, like they would disagree uh, with really? that sentiment with with mm-hmm. artists. They, you know, like you know, we talked to someone else. Last interview was saying, you know, it's kind of like you know, it's really competitive and people are out for themselves and 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 maybe it's just a different maybe we're just so insignificant that we're just so blissful all the time. I don't know what it is, but you know, if you, if you catch like Alex, have you, is anyone, have you both of you caught like Alex's last social media, like posts, like where he's like lamenting, like he's deleting Facebook. He's deleting, he's going to delete. Well, every... Facebook sucks. So I did see that. Yeah. I, I, did I don't that. blame him for that. And so. like, you know, it just seems like he's in a down in the dumps kind of like situation. He's just like really like, like, maybe he's just a sad boy like me. And I, I mean, maybe, know. maybe people are shitting on him. I don't know. Like, you know, he's who like, would shit on him? Who? I know, right? Yeah. He literally come came out with a list. Fuck the BBC. Fuck startup record labels. Fuck social media. Fuck, and then he just kind of goes. I, I would agree with all those points. So I don't know where you're going with that. I well, you know, uh. like if our perspective is that this scene is the most Im- 
you know, like supportive and all encompassing and like supportive. He's saying, fuck the scene, fuck everyone that's involved with it. And we've had conversations with other people. If you listen to other shows that kind of give the similar sentiment, like, and I don't know, maybe like once you reach a certain level, like I suppose with anything, like it gets really sad. Okay, I don't like know. I could see with quote unquote startup record labels. It's like, it's tough trying to come to a thing. Like how many copies do we want to press? How yeah. are we going to do it? How is this going to be? Like what percentage do you get? Cause you don't make, I will tell you as a person who's looked into doing vinyl before, who knew, who has done vinyl before, who's done that kind of thing. There's no money in that. None. Like you're, you're Zero. losing it. You're doing it for the love of it. Yeah. Is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, props to the guys who actually get out there and do that too. Like, uh, you know, I've mentioned him a couple times throughout the show. Uh, you know, Jeff at Laser Steel. Uh, Boy, you know, now he, he's taken on like a you know massive, not a massive roster, but a pretty large roster. Yeah, he's for, at like you know, ten first... artists. It seems like now, and it, like initially yeah, it, it was like two, and then it's like holy shit. It's like, yeah, if you're doing synthwave, if you're doing vinyl, you're doing it because you love the format, not because you're looking yep. to get money. Because you aren't making any money. None. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And it, like, if you're an artist, you may not be making any money, but this is like a labor of love. This is a thing. This is for the people who love this thing. Here it is. Yeah. Unless yep. you're and, on. And, and props yeah. to those guys. Uh, and like Brian too, um, at, um, at, uh, EDR. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, people give him shit. Like, you know, every once in a while I'll post on Facebook, you know, about, you know, like, I don't know. I've, I've noticed he, he's gotten like almost like defensive, you know, well, he's just not taking any shit anymore, you know, from people and good for him for doing that because, you know, he does a lot for the community. You know, he's, you know, for, you know, doing, you know, handfuls of releases, you know, in six months and that's a lot you know and i think it's just him and maybe like a helper or his wife i don't know it's it's him and it's dynatron mastering Mm -hmm. and like that's it and you want to talk about quality this is a person who cares about quality absolutely 100 percent. i mean he's putting out like you know you can tell he cares and he's putting all of his heart and soul into every release that he's doing i can't tell you how excited i am to get that makeup and vanity set repressed it's beautiful. It's got the, the the glossy print on the cover. It's a gatefold. Like I'm totally stoked about that. It's funny so, that you it, mentioned that. I am an EDR test press whore. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if there's a test press available, you're gonna get it. This boy is it. all about that. But yep. EDR, it's surprising. So what? Kyle's being very modest about is you're friends with Brian. You know Brian. I I've known Brian for a while. He, him and I are very friendly. He he's a very nice. cool guy. I thought you were going to go to the whole makeup and vanity set thing. I didn't. And it's like we were talking about this earlier. And this is an artist who is is your deal is typically is does stuff that's all over the spectrum. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So there are releases that I really like, and there are releases that I may not be so into. And this latest one, this repress of this album, was something that I ended up passing on. Yeah, I no ended kidding. Up, I ended up getting yeah. the the other release that he did with it. The I forget what it was, um, with the blue vinyl, I believe. Oh, the uh, the new Andre, uh, Android Automatic. Yeah, I got that Canyons. instead. Yeah, you know, um, sadly, I passed on that, and I didn't want to, but I was like, man, like, 
you, you know, w when you collect so much, you just have to pick and choose sometimes. Indeed. Sometimes you have to roll the dice and you have to be like, maybe that'll be there in the next couple of weeks and I'll pick it up. No, uh, because I love I think everything they put out has been fantastic. Um, so I'll probably be the guy that's going to hit up Brian in a couple of weeks. Like, Hey man, you got a spare copy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'll probably be like, Hey, do you have a spare copy? And Hey, do you have a test press that I can get for you? Um, right. So me. Kyle happens to be a rare owner of the laser punks death and glory test test press. Oh, nice. You fucker. And I got it signed by him when he was in town. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Man, I, t I, t I would love to see him live. Like the energy that I saw from the clips that he was, you know, this fans were posting on Instagram. That dude brings it like definitely the opposite it. of that when we saw him yeah and, it was you know weird. it was shortly after we saw him that he did a thing on social media that he was like i'm gonna stop doing live shows because really? i don't feel like i could bring all of what i could be bringing like i don't feel like i'm going up to the potential that i should be but the show that we saw was was kind of a strange thing because yeah indeed yeah you know he was he was touring america um it was a new thing. He was with Aesthetic Perfection. Yeah. And, um, like, at our particular show, there was a couple of goth kids, like, dancing, whipping around limbs, going crazy in the front, and they knocked, mm -hmm. like, a piece of his gear off of the stage sure. and, you know, halted things. It was There was a little hiccup. And it was funny because he said, like, I've played X amount of shows. I think it was, like, 20-plus shows. He's like... I've played 20 some shows. This is the first thing that's ever gone wrong. So like, please bear with me. It's like, it's kind of a weird thing. I'm not used to this. And, and, and went from there. And, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of weird. It felt like he was just like, I'm into this, but I'm not into it. Um, I'm doing something, but I don't feel like I could bring all of my potential when I was talking to him. Like, once upon a time, I had approached him about doing a release of Death and Glory on vinyl myself. Mm -hmm. like, I, w I was pursuing him to see if I could do it. And then he hit me back with like, oh, I'm already doing it on this label with another person. He didn't specify which one it was. And I was like, are you talking to Brian? <laughs> he was like, Yes, I was. And that's who we're going to be releasing it on. And I was like, fucking yes. Like, you know what? If you would have told me anyone else, I would have been disappointed. But like, since you're doing it with this guy, like, I'm totally happy. I'm excited for it. And that's a good thing. And when I was talking to him at the show, person to person, I don't know if it was the language barrier or something else, but I was like, hey, I was the person. Like, if you remember this, I originally approached you about releasing this album on vinyl. My friend Brian was the person who ended up doing it. Hey, I have the test pressing right here. Will you sign it? And he was really confused. He was like, I'm I'm signing what? Like, <laughs> like is this legit or not or whatever? And like, I don't know if he really got it or not, but he signed it and he was like, okay, uh, I'm going to go take Thanks. a shower. <laughs> so see you later. So I'm not sure he really knew what was going on because of that, but like, I got to meet him. I got my test press signed. He's he is a supremely nice person. Yeah. I will say he's probably one of the most considerate and friendly people in the scene that I've met so far. 
as far as fan interaction or any interaction. And I've heard the same thing about mm-hmm. Ghost and Perturbator. So bad, yeah. But and, and you know what? That's a great thing. That's a good thing to hear about this too, because it's just like, you know, there aren't. I want to feel like there's a lot more fans for this kind of music than there are. No, there's not. But really. there's probably only a handful of us. And yeah. to know that, like, the fans, us, can talk to the artists who we love and have this level of intimacy, have this level of, like, they're friendly with us, we're friendly with them, and this is something that we can do, is that's that's a really good thing to know. And it's really encouraging for, you know, our yeah, scene as well. It, it's a beautiful thing. I don't know, John, as far as you go, like, like how many Synthwave shows prior to COVID – happened where you're at and what was the frequency that you attended those shows you know honestly um houston doesn't have a scene at all oh sad. period not that's at all a, that's not surprising that's why yeah. um, that that's why i went like you know online you know honestly there's nothing going on here as far as it's not that people have tried um you know what's really big down here is like the industrial you know stuff which i i totally love and i totally dig it but it's not it's not, it's not what I was like, not yeah. what, what I was wanting. Now, Dallas has a pretty decent scene. Um, Houston, for some reason, is very, they're, they're very like stuck up. <laughs> what about, I so I know that like Primo is Texas. She, yeah, she's Austin. Yeah, oh, that's, so a, that's a little the... bit different. For some reason, Houston's very, um, it, it's, it's very clicky. Um, you huh. really have to, you know, know the right people to get out and get booked and things like that um i know the, i think the midnight they played here a couple times um dance with the dead i mean all the larger name guys that tour through come here because houston's a large city um but as far as like the smaller guys like you know you guys up north like have like all the great shows like i'd love to live near canada it seems like they have something popping every weekend yeah toronto <laughs> is like the hub for all of the all of the stuff small stuff yeah. medium sized stuff big stuff like they they get it all mm-hmm. yeah so we don't get a we, we don't get a lot of live interesting uh, okay live shows here i want to say we don't get a lot of live stuff too but we've seen some cool shit we've yeah. had we've had that experience yeah i mean we've i mean like just a list of shows i could think of like that i feel thankful for is like dan terminus like oh yeah you know what i mean like and that's, that's and like there was like eight other people besides me and Eric, but the fact that we got to see him and the, what he brought was fucking great. Yeah, I mean, we got to see Daniel Deluxe, you know, like, and we saw, you know, like the Midnight did show go through when we went to see the Midnight, and they they sold. I don't know if they sold out the venue, but the, it was pretty fucking packed. It was filled up. Um, but yeah, there's definitely. I think if like you book a synthwave show of any kind of size in minneapolis or st paul you're gonna you're gonna it's get like people the big names fill it up like com mm-hmm. sells out absolutely fills it up. perturbator ghost um carpenter brew carpenter brew yeah when he was here filled the place up it's oh man that show was yeah fuck you that show was really fucking special <laughs> yeah i would love special. to see carpenter brew live we we were gonna see him was april of last year or is it this year? I don't remember. I don't April. He was touring with Ministry. And oh, yeah. That's oh, right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And I totally forgot. Yeah. He couldn't clear customs 
but he made the, the the show the day after. So like the show that he missed was, was our, our show. And that happened with Ghost too because Ghost was touring with some Norwegian black metal band that was coming through here and they couldn't get their work visa to come through Minnesota. So we didn't see Ghost that one time that he came through for that, but oh, we yeah. did see him when he came through with uh Perturbator. Yeah. I so, mean, I was there. I didn't see it because I don't remember. Yeah, Kyle was blackout drunk, and I've regaled this like story. <laughs> Both of us have regaled the story like many times on, on this, this show. This is we we bring this up on every episode that we do. <laughs> every I got just absolutely smashed. I don't remember shit. And I I want to bring up like a special thing. So like COVID shut down one of our like main spots that we go to in Minneapolis specifically because of whiskey. So we're talking before we were recording, like, you know, your access to certain kinds of brands, whiskey that we just don't get. And, Mm -hmm. uh, this particular bar got all the hot shit and we go there. And if we had the opportunity and their prices were fair, fair prices for good whiskey. Nice. And, uh, and so we hit up with our, with North Innsbruck, actually, we went, uh, to, the bar was called Marvel Bar, and Kyle got real shitty, like really drunk. Because <laughs> we got, like, what did we get? I'm getting rails, and you were getting all sorts of shit. Oh, I got all kinds of shit that night. I was like, this is the greatest night of my life. We're about to see Perturbator and Ghost, and we're at my favorite bar, and we're getting the rarest whiskeys that we have available to us. I got destroyed. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So... I mean, you were like, ah, fuck, like seven or eight in. Now, granted, one ounce pours, we're not, it's not full pours, one ounce pours, they're very strict about that, but Mm -hmm. you were full on drunk, so you got- The mistake that I made, though, like, I have this problem is like, if I'm drinking whiskey, drink whiskey, you'll be okay, but if I'm drinking whiskey and then I have beer somewhere in there, then it's blackout time. Yeah. Yeah, you so, can mix them. Yeah, that's for sure. So we had a whole lot of whiskey. Go to the show. Want to continue the fun. Want to continue the energy. Want to continue the the feeling. And got our, I don't know if you have this out in Texas, but we had Surly. Mm, and I've never heard of that. Surly is like a big, it is a huge thing in Minnesota. and I, For I think beer, yeah. For beer, and okay. we're like, well, fuck it. We'll just continue the the fun. Because you were feeling fine. I was feeling fine. And that's all they had there was that, really. That was drinkable. And then got through Ghost. It was beautiful. And then Perturbator came on, and, and you blacked out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and So you don't remember any of the show at all? It's hardly any of it, which is just wow. like, that's my dream show right there. And I don't fucking remember wow yeah and I, was like, it one of those mornings where you like what happened you started looking at your phone and you're like you're recording stuff and it was black and no it wasn't even like that it was just no. like that moment in time was just like yeah it's gone everything just erased yeah and, and the thing, the fucking wow. thing is like i had to wake up at 3 30 the next morning so like i got maybe two and a half hours of sleep 
went on function with them, and you're the one that got blackout drunk and didn't remember anything. It's like apparently I met people there who I knew from the internet, and I didn't, re- I didn't oh, wow. remember that at all either. <laughs> yeah. Good times. That's good, funny. Good times. And I just, you know, now it's like with COVID, it's like, uh, like those are the great days. Like I, I think the only thing I really remember from Perseverance playing is like my favorite track from New Model came on. Oh, indeed. And then I like took the vinyl that I bought at the show, and I like shoved it in Northern Brooks' arms, and I was like, "I'm going in the pit. Fuck you." And that <laughs> awesome. was it. That was the last thing I remember. You know, speaking of, you know, off subject, but speaking of Dan Termas, you guys mentioned him earlier. I believe that Blood Music is releasing a new album from him later this year. Yeah, so he still got has to fulfill all of his contracts mm-hmm. for albums for however long that is. Um. So, yeah, I think Dan Terminus, he's he did, Blood Music did a bunch of re-releases for Perturbator. So um, if you missed on a new model like I did, or a, a, there's a few other ones too. I think he really, he, and again, I'm skeptical. Whenever they say I dug in the warehouse and I found these rare copies of this thing, right. I'm always a little skeptical because new retrowave does that. We found these things in the back. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. You fucking did. You invested all of this right. money in this thing and you lost them. Fuck you. You did not. Um, you know what I what I think that they do is you know I'm I, I'm never pressed a record ever um, I'm not a label owner obviously but I think that the, you know the label has to buy extra copies but they don't have to but maybe it's suggested just in case like something arrives damaged or if there's an album that is scratched or you know it's off center like the Midnight's last album which sucks as far um, as I know from someone who knows how to do it like say if you bought two hundred albums. You would put up 160 for sale. Okay. Well, that okay. That makes sense. Okay. And then wait so for things to happen. I guess them finding happen. it at 30 somewhere in the yeah. warehouse is a little questionable. Yeah, it's total bullshit. I'm it, yeah. it, I'm being like facetious. I'm calling mm-hmm. those motherfuckers out. Like that's not how it happens. You know exactly yeah. every dime you spend on a vinyl release, and you don't. Now I could maybe I can believe like if you were pressing like 20 albums a year. And you're releasing maybe like three versions. You've got variants and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and you've got a bunch of money. But I mean, you, per really, even if you do a low release of an album, say 120 pressings, you're looking at what three grand minimum around there for yeah. 120 records. So there's no way you're losing unless you're doing a huge amount of like variations. There's no way you're losing that unless you're like... Well, let me tell you this. There's a way to lose money with pressing a very few amount of vinyl records. Well, yeah. Just pressing <laughs> pressing it, you're losing It happens. Money. It happens. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why... You I know, you know, a label that I was really upset to see go was Lipstick Crush. They put out four releases like two or three years ago. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them. Uh, very, totally familiar. very familiar. Very familiar, yeah. I know specifically people and things. Yep. Yeah, I know. I know one of the one of the guys, and uh, yeah, I mean, quality again. I mean, I think they just bit off a little bit more than they could chew. Um, you know, we're dropping four out pressings all at once, brand new label. Um, but yeah, but I'm glad to see that there are some new labels picking up. Um, so, which is fantastic. Absolutely. I do. You think like I don't know. I feel like new labels now are like really reaching hard for some shit too though do you think 
it's, like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? It's like with synthwave. It's like here are these artists. Here, here's the people that we know. Like, here's what's cool. If you're starting up something now, it's like, what are you going to get to release? Like, it may be hard to get something. Yeah. Like, yeah, if I true. were to legitimate, you know, do something legitimate right now and do something synthwave, like, I don't know who I would. There is no artist that I could think of right now who I'd be like, hey, can I do this album for you? Are you sure? Laserhawk. I'll, I'll go ahead and help you out with that one. <laughs> Laserhawk needs to press some freaking vinyl. Like, it's, we've been waiting too long. But that's funny because as soon as you said that, I wanted to say, like, he doesn't care. He doesn't, he's not interested. Like, that's not a I thing. I know. Yep. Yep. I know, I, um, you know, it's been teased so many times, so many times about, you know, there being a red line pressing. Um, but I feel there's who so knows much if opportunity. It's gonna happen. I feel there's so much. Who would you reach, Eric? Who would you re- reach out to if you were starting up a new label? Who is the first person listen, you would try to? I can't to? even listen. You're putting me on the spot because legitimately, I can't say. I can't say because that's a pursuit that I'm doing, and you know, because you're part of it. So fuck you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities. So you talk about artists who um, have released really hot again. So let me clarify. I'm saying because i love the artist and and appreciate the quality of what they do they deserve a physical release so it's not about how many units i sell it's about the fact that i'm passionate about it so i'm saying which is a good uh, like ideal to have if you're indeed. working in synth way of uh, trying to and i also have access to someone who can master it specifically for vinyl so i know that i'm able to release it in the highest quality possible and i know where to go to get it done so that also helps um so i feel that there's a lot of opportunity because we've talked about like before you talk about artists like say trevor something mm-hmm. you hate kyle hates all of most of his releases but he vinyl. has no his kidding. own thing he has his own thing but the quality on it could be much better yes and i agree it and, really can and because i've pursued these things and i've talked to artists the interest most people are like hey you want to release this thing on vinyl and you want to do it in this particular way high quality people are interested in that and and there's not there's not that and and you can split it say if they're signed to a record label and they're not willing to say do the vinyl release if you're willing to do the thing they're going to say sure that is a thing with vinyl and synthwave right now if somebody's got something even if that record has been released on another record label before, there is a high chance that you could do a repress of it because they're not locked into something. Exactly. The, 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 the terms for artists and, and record companies in Synthwave are pretty kind of, they're specific but loose, but you, could, you can do a lot of maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Which is a big thing for like, Electronic Dream Records, Electric Dream Records, with mm-hmm. Makeup and Vanity sets releases, or for instance, Robert Parker's Awakening, right? Mm-hmm. EPR did. Yeah, that that that's going to be repressed, I think, later on this year too. That's that's one of my top, and that's perfect because I don't have that up record, so I'll be able to finally purchase it. Um, so I would, I would be happy if you were able to purchase it. Yeah. So like. <laughs> I think there's a lot of like there's a lot of like uh, p- 
people are willing to work with one another because again it's all about the passion of the thing there's no like because there's no artists i think what i was reading on social media was that um jesse fry maybe her release on new rush wave was the highest charting record on new rush wave yeah, I saw that. Yeah, good. You know, props to her, and she's from Texas too, so that's pretty cool. So, like, holy shit! Like, you think about like what, sh- where she's at, and that kind of thing, and like what is on that record company. Like, obviously, the people that are into it are because they really love the music, and that's one of the things that I like. I love about what we do and kind of what we're involved with is is this that passion. Um, and you think of like who else is on that record label? And as far as like when I think of like production quality, songwriting, albums overall, and I'm not shitting on her. They just like she's great, but she's the hard highest charting artist on that record label at this point in time. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. And it's pretty and, interesting. You know, it, in my opinion, one of my favorite NRW releases, um, album wise, not pressing wise, because I think it could have been done better, was Christine's album. Like that is like probably one of my top ten albums of all time. Like I think this the songwriting, the production um, was fantastic, and you know and it was early and it was it was early synth wave and it still like can blow everyone out of the water to this day. That should have been a chart topping album for sure. Respect, respect. Yeah. The problem yeah. with with chart with any charts at all. Is it's all a numbers game. It's all money. Oh, absolutely. Radio stations, and for people that don't know, are owned by record companies. And you either own the thing and are able to perpetuate your music, or you pay a shit ton of money to make an artist chart-topping. So the kind of upstart artists are that's really uncommon. So when that happens, it's, it's extremely rare. You're paying, you know, like a lot of money to make a hit and you, all these wonderful artists on the underground are making amazing records every day. You never get mm-hmm. to hear if you listen to radio. Radio is awful. Yeah, radio yeah it is. It really is. I worked in radio <laughs> for two years and I'll tell you like listening to the same hundred songs every single day, every day of the week is really difficult. It's hard. Right, and it's that's literally what people that don't listen to synthwave think so. Then that's what they think we do. We listen to the same <laughs> ten songs over and over and over. That's what again. I do, uh, <laughs> and that's absolutely true. That's such a funny thing. And again, like that's that's ultimately like I question myself as far as like, am I attuned to a specific thing where I feel like there's a difference when there's really not? A, it's difference without distinction. Is that really where I'm at in my life? Like I'm listening to all these, and I think there's such a, a great variety, and there's not really at all. Hey, we are past that point where the studies say like what you listen to in high school is going to be what you listen to for the rest of your life. That's like your preferred music. We are still like in our late twenties. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Early thirties, late thirties, right. whatever. Like we are out there. We are looking for new things to listen to. Is it new if it harkens back to a thing that you grew up hey, with? Hey, fuck you. It's new music. This is a new thing that was released. True. So let's not let it be limited by like throwing back to an eighties influence. That kind of thing. <laughs> so, John, with you, what's your 
what's your favorite release so far of this year? Just at a purely personal level. Um, what do you are we think about this? Or, just, or digital, like, album in general? Doesn't what, matter. Whatever. Music. What do you think about this year, too? Because I want to know that. <laughs> Man, so. this year's a mess. It really is. I mean, True I, that. I don't really know what to think. But there's so many things going on with politics, so many things going on with this COVID stuff. Um, I'm a small business owner, so it's affected me, you know, to a T. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's this year's fucked. But we're probably going to – hopefully we can look back and be like, wow, that was a hell of a year, but we made it through it, you know? <laughs> It's bullshit. So, That's 100% yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, one of my favorite albums this year was um, Pursuer from Night Stop, which is fantastic. And I was so pissed that it didn't see a vinyl release. It was backed by the Curates thing. Uh, I think it was like 170 out of 200 or something like that, and, or whatever it was. And it didn't make it. Um, and I was totally bummed about that. Um, yeah, that's probably number one for sure. Okay, continue. When it comes to crates for vinyl releases, is it is it crates or curates? I've always called it. Curates. It's crates. I don't, okay, okay. It might. Fuck, it might be curates. I'm pretty sure it's like you're curating things. I think that right. they're trying to be too clever and make it overly convoluted. I think it's really actually crates. I whatever it is. Like, here's the thing. Like, I've thought of doing stuff on that as well. If you don't, you know, you're coming down to it, you don't reach the number of the amount. If you're the person who starts it, well, you can fucking buy 30, 40, 50 copies, too, just to make it happen. Yeah. So, if somebody does a campaign for that and they don't meet the amounts, then that means that they don't really fucking care about putting their own money into it, too. So... There's that aspect yep. to it as well. Yep, and I, I agree. From 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 the Night Stop thing, I believe that a label picked it up, and that's just a rumor. I haven't, I, I can't back that up at all. I just heard someone talking about it, and I was like, well, it would make sense because, you know, Dancing Killer was pressed in three different variants through um, um, EPR, and Streetwalker, which was also a curates backed one, is like one of the most highly you know sought after albums on vinyl that. Um, the people, you know, that's 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 one album that I don't have that I'm like dying for. It's, it's fantastic from you know straight up, you know, like dark, nasty, um, and I love it. So I love dark and nasty. So yeah, yeah. yeah but if like if good. you were a person, you were like, I want to see my album on vinyl, and you saw that there was only like you know twenty need to. There's twenty more backers that we need to get mm-hmm. this released. Yeah. Like. Why wouldn't you do that? Why would yeah? You I would pull the trigger as an artist for sure, and I and I totally see what you're saying because you know you could totally sell them on your Bandcamp, and I know that's what um, Glitter Wolf did. I think they had like ten or fifteen left over, and they went ahead and bought them all, um, or, or someone helped them out. And other artists do do that, but yeah, I mean, you would think that you have that much confidence in what you're making that you wouldn't mind investing money into it to you know potentially even make a profit, you know, which would Help them in the long run. But. Yeah, because even a release of like a hundred pieces, like say, Cat Temper's new album that he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. back back Cat Temper's new album. Um, if it was something that was a hundred, if you could still do that, I don't even know if that's a thing anymore where you could only do a hundred copies. So, like, I would even be motivated to be like, I will buy all hundred copies and we'll just fin- finalize this right now and we'll do it. Mm-hmm. 
you can still do lower copies because I know Destroyer just announced that he's doing a repress of Panic with the updated artwork. He's only pressing 120 copies. Are you Looney Tunes drunk right now? Are you hiccuping like crazy? No, I just, I don't know what the fuck happened. I just like hiccuping it. It's awful. Looney Tunes drunk. No, right. you're I'm not there. Even that drunk. You're there. Hiccup. God Hiccup. damn it. No, I'm not. Point being, yes, you could still do low pressing of vinyl. Because, like, I feel like 100 is a bargain right now because places like Pirates Press um, or uh, GZ, a lot of them are minimum 250 now. Really? So it's like people are bumping up their minimums. Like, once upon a time, 100 copies? Sure, we'll do that. But now, some places, that's tough. tough to do 100. Apparently, there's places in the United States that will still do 100 copies or 120. Like Musical? That's the only other place I know of that will do a low count. Ooh, 100 would be tough right now. It's insane, I know, but it it still is a a thing that can happen. I've seen a lot of record companies where they're they're 300. 300 is... (laughs) Ah, Looney Tunes drunk. God damn it. Yes. Uh, I may we may have switched to barrel proof whiskey. He just poured himself some shit. He hasn't even gotten into drinking it yet. Don't <laughs> let Eric fool you. He's Looney Tunes drunk already. 